Dr. Arthur Perry, he's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. John, the public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. <laughs> and I went to his office and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. And he goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do with your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. Like I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace at delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. I hope you're having a wonderful early spring weekend. We are live, actually live from the Hamptons this weekend, going back out there. You know, it's a, a cloudy, wet day, but uh, you got out of the city for a while. Well, this is the uh, Plastic Surgery Show, if this is the first time you've listened to this. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, and I trained at Harvard, Cornell, University of Chicago. I'm on the faculty of Columbia and Rutgers, and I'm here to answer your questions. The phone number here at WOR is 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. I've got a very busy show tonight, so if you want to get your calls in, try and get them early. I've got so many things to talk about. Today, we are going to talk about botulinum toxin, otherwise known as Botox, in, uh, how about in teenagers, in, in how about 20-year-olds? They're getting it. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the article in the New York Times last week, but uh, it's an interesting story. We're going to talk about whether or not that does anything. We're going to talk about a new procedure to rejuvenate your lips, the lip lift. We're going to talk about that today. I've got a, a good friend coming on, Dr. Lawrence Najarian. He's an ophthalmologist, and he's going to talk about the interplay between cosmetic surgery and your eyes and uh, what to look out for if you're having an eyelid lift or blepharoplasty. We're going to talk about the zoom effect. There's so much tonight. The zoom effect on cosmetic surgery, why it's more popular than ever. But mostly, I want to take your phone calls. 800-321-0710. If you do give me a call, I will uh, send you a bottle of Soft Time. Soft Time is... Uh, a great moisturizer. Yeah, it's the end of the winter, and you know how I feel about moisturizers. Usually, most people don't need moisturizers, but uh, some do. The perimenopausal women, if you're right around the time of menopause, your skin has a tendency to be dry and a little bit itchy, and so the moisturizer can help you there. We're going to be giving away bottles of soft time. And, uh, you know, those of you, just uh, very quickly, those of you who have asked me about clean time, you know, we stopped selling the individual bars of clean, clean time because we're running low on inventory and you know supply chain is really tough right now in the uh, the covid era there are employee shortages there are uh, supply shortages getting the uh, raw ingredients from all over the world even though we uh, make all my products in the united states some of the things just don't grow here right so, uh, you know, it looks really good now to, uh, we've got a new supplier for the clean time. So I have been getting literally, you know, half a dozen phone calls or emails a day from all of you loyal 
customers out there who love clean time, well, we're going to be uh, getting a new supplier, so uh, it won't be that long. We'll have it back on the shelf very soon. So I'm happy to tell you about that. And by the way, do you all know that uh, we opened the New York office, and the New York office had been closed for two years. Two years is a long time, but I closed it with uh, with COVID, and I closed it with all sorts of personal things, but I am so happy to be back in New York now. We're back in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. We were in Midtown for years, for I guess uh, 14 years, something like that. Uh, but now we're on the corner of 73rd and Park. It's 785 Park Avenue. The phone number is 212-753-1820. We're seeing patients every week in New York. We're doing procedures and Botox and fillers and minor procedures in New York. And if you do want a more major procedure, well, then we're going to uh, bring you to New Jersey now. And we will uh, we'll drive you there. We'll get you a ride, no problem there. And uh, until the uh, the Tribeca Surgery Center opens up, which looks like September, we were hoping for July. It looks like September now. So uh, and then uh, we're operating in New York. It'll be a great time. All right, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board certified plastic surgeon. Now, how about Botox? How many of you have used? It? I bet you a lot of people use Botox. You know, 4.4 million women use Botox in the United States each year. And, you know, the numbers, uh, you hear me say different numbers every uh, couple weeks, but there are different societies. There are the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and the Aesthetic Society. That's the uh, uh, group of plastic surgeons that I'm, in fact, I'm in both societies, but they compile different statistics every year. And, uh, and they usually agree, but, uh, you know, sometimes they're off by a little bit. But certainly at least 4.4 million people, mostly women, had Botox last year. It's so safe and it's so good. And remember, I use the word Botox. It's a generic term now. But there's Xeomin, there's Dysport, and there's others uh, that are less common. Uh, but it, they're all botulinum toxins. But if I said botulinum toxin, your eyes would glaze over. But everybody knows Botox. So 4.4 million people last year. And uh, you know what's interesting? Because that is the most common procedure in all of cosmetic surgery. Uh, it is the non-invasive procedure. And the wrinkle fillers or the soft tissue fillers are catching up. You know, a couple of years ago, I remember saying 6.8 million Botox and 1.7 million fillers. It, this year, it was 4.4 million Botox and 3.4 million wrinkle fillers. They're so versatile. But these non-invasives, they're very popular because they are very good. They do so many different things. And they're so safe. It's so rare to have any sort of an issue uh, other than maybe if you saw what I put on Facebook this week, you saw the uh, the woman who had these sausages as lips. You know, there's everybody and their brother doing uh, Botox injections and filler injections now. You know, there's not just physicians, plastic surgeons, and dermatologists, and ophthalmologists, and otolaryngologists. Those are the groups that should be doing these injections. There's There's everyone who wants to supplement their income, unfortunately, including... Uh, emergency room doctors and internists and gastroenterologists and I know a vascular surgeon that decided to uh, to change his career you know with a two-hour course or whatever it is they take there's dentists that are doing it there's nurses that are doing it and in some places even estheticians and that's why that is why there are so many bad jobs out there you just have to look in the streets of Manhattan the Upper East Side even the Upper West Side Beverly Hills Miami so many so many bad jobs. 
Well, I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon and host of What's Your Wrinkle? 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We're talking about a lot of different things in cosmetic surgery. But if you looked at the New York Times last week, you saw that little column on children getting Botox. Now they're kind of children, uh, you know, teenagers and 20-somethings. And, uh, and the numbers are interesting. Last year, according to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, 13,000 people, men and women, between the ages of 13 and 19, yeah, I said that right, between 13 and 19 received Botox injections last year. How about that? And between the ages of 20 and 29, 64,000. Now, I mean, in the scope of things, that's not a tremendous number compared to the number of people who are getting these injections overall. But think about this. Why on earth would someone under 19 get Botox? Why? And, and the reason is there is a lure out there. There is a, uh, you know, a, a buzz that uh, using Botox before you have wrinkles will prevent the development of wrinkles. And you want to know the truth? It's, it's probably true. But, but, really, 19 years old? I can think of a lot of better ways, and I'm a plastic surgeon, a lot better ways to spend your money than to uh, have Botox injected at that young age. That's kind of crazy. Now, when you get up into the young 30s, it's a different story. And Yeah, okay, there are some 20. I've done Botox in people in their 20s. I don't think I've ever done it under 20 years old. There are occasional people with a lot of sun damage, with a lot of squinting and a lot of raising the brows, that do have fixed wrinkles, and, and there are two types of wrinkles, by the way. There's those dynamic wrinkles. Those are the ones created by the muscle. Those are the ones that Botox can help. And then there's the static wrinkles. Those are the ones that are there when you're not animating your face. And, uh, and so Botox is designed to paralyze the muscle, right? So it prevents or decreases the wrinkles that are created with muscle pull. So when you lift up your eyebrows, you get those horizontal lines of your forehead, right? When you yell at your child, yell at your spouse, yell at the car next to you for cutting you off, you tend to bring your brows together and you show those 11 lines. That's what they're called now, right? The two vertical lines, sometimes people just have a one line, you know, the one, <laughs> if they only have one. But most people have two of those parallel vertical lines between the brows, and so they're called the 11 lines. And those are caused by uh, two different muscles in what is called the glabella. That's your word for the day, the glabella. That's the area between your eyebrows. So Botox is so successful at, uh, at paralyzing the muscles that cause those 11 lines, the glabellar lines, and it's so successful at paralyzing the muscles that create the horizontal lines the forehead lines when you raise your brows. But the problem is, what about if you don't have those, can you prevent them from de being developed? And it turns out there are a few studies, there are a few, a few studies on twins that showed multiple injections, you know, over years and years and years, and we're not talking in the 20s, by the way, we're talking starting in the 30s or so, uh, that the twin that got the Botox really honestly did stopped getting wrinkles and did not get the, the wrinkles, did not develop wrinkles over time, and the twin that did not get Botox, well, she developed wrinkles. So it is true that Botox can prevent the development of wrinkles, but there's all these nonspecific things that Botox can do. Skin quality, elasticity, and other factors, roughness of the skin is better in people who 
who actually have had Botox injections. And even a single injection can have effects lasting as long as a year. Not so much for the wrinkles, but in terms of the skin quality. So it really is a wonder drug. And I don't know about using it under 20 or even under 30, maybe some exceptions, but certainly over 30, not unreasonable. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle? The phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 dr perry use the wor21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on W-O-R. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of the show. The phone number here at W-O-R is 800-321-0710. Give us a call. We'll send you a bottle of that uh, Soft Time. Soft Time is a great moisturizer, and it's, you know, it's still uh, low humidity, and the temperature tomorrow is supposed to be in the 30s. I'm hoping to get rid of winter. Well, I've got a great ophthalmologist on the line now. I have Dr. Lawrence Najarian, who is a board-certified ophthalmologist with offices in Teaneck and Bedminster, New Jersey. Dr. Najarian, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so happy you took time on your Saturday evening to uh, to call in because, uh, uh, well, you know, you're one of the preeminent uh, ophthalmologists in the New York area. You've trained at NYU. You went to the University of Pennsylvania Medical School, did a fellowship in London. I read that in your bio. I didn't realize you were in London for a while. Wow, that's uh, pretty impressive. And another fellowship at Emory University. You teach at NYU. And we've known each other about 30 years. I send you a lot of my patients. In fact, uh, when I do a blepharoplasty, which is an eyelid lift, I always have an ophthalmologist check my patients out because I believe it's a team approach. You know, I'm operating on an eye, and you're the eye expert. So when I send uh, to you, I get great reports back, and I really want to thank you. So I wanted to talk to you tonight about when I send you my patients before eyelid surgery, what are the things you're looking for to make sure they're safe before they have eyelid surgery? Sure, uh, Dr. Perry, that's really wonderful that you do that, and uh, we so much appreciate that you're so careful and considerate of your patients. I think one of the most important things that you're doing by having your patients screened by an ophthalmologist is having patients get an eye exam. Uh, Many patients uh, see well, and they don't feel a need for a general eye exam. So it's not unusual on a routine eye exam for us to identify diseases that could cause harm to their vision, like macular degeneration, glaucoma, and diabetes. So part of what we do before we even go into the blepharoplasty or the eyelid surgery part of our exam is just to look out for general medical diseases that could impact their vision. Um, And these are conditions that can lead to vision loss if not uh, 
addressed early on in this exam. Uh, we then do a very careful history. Uh, there's a lot to the history, and a lot of times people aren't aware that if they have thyroid disease, that can affect the eyes and the dryness of the eye and the eye muscles, which may have impact on a blepharoplasty operation. Uh, sometimes patients forget they're taking anticoagulants, uh, and we'll be very careful to listen out for that. Uh, we look for pre-existing eye disease. Uh, some people uh, have had optic neuritis or diseases of the optic nerve, and that's very important in screening patients for blepharoplasty because occasionally uh, there can be injuries to the nerve uh, from the operation, no matter how careful we are. Uh, we also look out for the diseases that are called rheumatic or rheumatoid diseases, diseases like lupus, uh, Sjogren's syndrome, rheumatoid arthritis, because uh, they can be associated with dryness, which will impact uh, the results of the surgery that you do. Um, so this is part of a very careful pre-screening. A part of the pre-screening is also listening to patients and what's bothering them. Uh, you know, a lot of times patients don't, are not aware it's their eyelids that are causing their headaches or their brow aches when they're on the computer for a long time. But if they have a lot of extra skin and thickening of the upper lids, it can cause your eyelashes to go into your eye. It could obstruct your vision so you have a hard time seeing things. And when that happens, we subconsciously, we lift our eyebrows up. And if you do that for a long enough time, you'll get a brow ache and a headache. It's almost like standing on your toes for two hours. Uh, sooner or later, it will hurt. Uh, so we look out for things like that. And we try to assess what the impact on their quality of life is. Um, you know, there are studies that show if the eyelids are drooping a lot and it impacts your peripheral vision, there's a higher risk of injury, whether it be in a motor vehicle accident or falling and tripping, particularly as we get older. So these are all very important things that we try to screen for. In the actual exam, uh, we look for problems that people may have, uh, such as cataracts. Um, one of the things that happens uh, at least once a year, a patient is scheduled to have surgery, and yet we find that their visual quality is very poor because of cataracts. And when we see that, we want to address the cataract before we do the eyelid surgery. Um, cataract surgery is a very successful operation, but occasionally it can be associated with a droopiness of the eyelid afterwards. So we wouldn't want to have you do the uh, beautiful eyelid surgery and then left with droopiness after the cataract. So usually we want to do the cataract surgery before we do the eyelid surgery. Um, the other area we spend a lot of attention on is looking for any pre-existing muscle weakness. Let's say if they had a Bell's palsy, um, how their muscles are working. So when they close their lid, the eye is appropriately moist. And then we look at their tear film. Uh, we look for dryness. We look at what's called the tear breakup time. We look at how many tears people make in a five-minute period called a Schirmer tear test. We look at their tear osmolarity to make sure it's the right concentration. And we look for reasons why the cornea may be a little dry. Um, so this is all part of a pre-screening to ensure that our patients do very, very well after surgery. You know, that's, that is so important. What you're talking about is critically important. You know, in my field of, uh, of cosmetic surgery, uh, there's something that I call an entertainmentizing of cosmetic surgery that, that people begin to think that it's almost like going to a spa, you know, just having a, uh, a facial or something like that. 
and and they tend to treat it that way. And a lot of unfortunately, there's a lot of plastic surgeons that also do. And they, you know, you see these people doing procedures on the internet live, which is a, a recipe for disaster. Uh, you know, you see contests and things and and really a cheapening of of the field but what you're talking about is an understanding that these are real procedures these are serious medical procedures with potential complications and and we want to make it as safe as possible and i want to as a surgeon and and thank you you know for for talking about the things that you are looking for as an ophthalmologist and and we always talk before surgery whether it's through a letter or personally uh and certainly if a plastic surgeon doesn't send to an ophthalmologist before surgery, I think that's really, uh, you know, not a good thing. And uh, so, you know, I want to thank you. So I want to talk to you for just a second about about if someone has LASIK surgery, does that put them uh, at higher risk for a problem with eyelid surgery, cosmetic eyelid surgery? You know, that's a wonderful question. It's a very common question people ask. And LASIK surgery is a wonderful operation that's helped millions of people over the last several decades, and it's really come along as a terrific procedure. So in general, if someone has had LASIK surgery, uh, they should be a good candidate uh, for blepharoplasty surgery with a few caveats. One is you don't want to do the LASIK surgery or the uh, blepharoplasty surgery within six months of having the LASIK procedure. The reason being is whether it be cataract surgery or LASIK surgery, there is an associated dryness that occurs um, from the procedure itself and some of the eye drops that we use afterwards. So after you have a cataract operation or after you've had LASIK surgery, you really want the eye to rejuvenate. You want the skin on the eye to be really nice and healthy. So you want to give it time to heal. And usually it's about a six-month waiting period. The other issue is sometimes uh, people will have a persistent dry eye after LASIK surgery uh, because when the surgery is done, uh, there is a cutting of some of the cornea nerves. Uh, And for most people, it's really well accepted, but occasionally people will have a dry eye. And that's what we look for in our screening exam. So if we do see some signs of dryness, uh, we'll we'll treat them with a level of treatment that they need. So for example, Some people have a mild dry eye and will say, you know, just take a break when you're on the computer for 20 minutes and close your eyes. Uh, Other people will have a more serious dry eye where they have to use medications like Restasis um, or Zydrum that we hear advertised on the radio. We now have a nasal spray, Tyvera, for uh, dry eye um, and other uh, methods as well. Um, But very rarely is it a contraindication for performing blepharoplasty surgery. And that, that's good to know. I'm speaking with Dr. Lawrence Najarian. He is a, an ophthalmologist, a board-certified ophthalmologist with offices in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey, and also in Bedminster, New Jersey. Before I forget, I want you to give out your phone number in case uh, patients out there. You're a general ophthalmologist, and you also do a lot of surgery. I think your, uh, your big thing is cataract surgery, right, Dr. Najarian? Yeah, we're very fortunate to be able to help restore people's vision. Uh, unfortunately, cataracts are very common, and, and as we get older, uh, it is even a, a very prevalent problem. So, yeah, we do a lot of cataract surgery, and we try to give people the vision they're looking for. So if they're the bird watcher, we give them really wonderful distance vision. If they're the knitter and crocheter, we try to help them uh, perform uh, those tasks. And some people like to be relatively free of using glasses, and we have special lenses that we use for that. Uh, But if anyone does have any questions, uh, they can contact us at info at bedminstereye.net. That's info 
at bedminstereye.net, or they can call us at 908-781-2020. That's 908-781-2020. That's a great number for an ophthalmologist, right? 2020. You want 2020 vision. So easy to remember, 908 781 2020. I like that one. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much. You've been uh, you've been very helpful to my audience, very helpful to me over the years. And uh, I want to stress to my patients, if you're having eyelid surgery, whether it's with me or anybody else, you want to see the ophthalmologist beforehand, even if your plastic surgeon doesn't doesn't require it. I require it. I won't let you into the operating room until you've been cleared. And it's an ophthalmologist not an optometrist. Just I know you work with optometrists, but uh, why don't you, as an ophthalmologist, clarify the difference? Because a lot of patients, they just don't know the difference between an ophthalmologist and an optometrist. Go ahead. Hi. Well, it's a wonderful team. Uh, it's a team that consists of opticians who specialize in uh, doing glasses um, and uh, ophthalmologists like myself who specialize in surgery. And then optometrists are kind of uh, do screenings, they do eye exams, they look for problems, help diagnose serious medical diseases, and treat some serious conditions as well. So it's a team approach, uh, just like you're collaborating with ophthalmology. Uh, ophthalmologists and optometrists and opticians work together, and I think that's one of the strengths of our office is that we do have a good team approach, not only working with other medical physicians, uh, like yourself and other specialists and diabetes doctors and retina doctors, but we have a great team approach within our office as well to provide a more comprehensive uh, treatment plan for patients. Great. Well, well, thanks again. I, I really appreciate your coming on the show. I know Saturday night is difficult for everybody, but my guest, Dr. Larry Najarian, Lawrence Najarian, a uh, great ophthalmologist in Teaneck and Bedminster. Phone number, once again, is 908-781-2020. Have a great night. Thanks so much, Larry. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do. Have a great okay. day. Thank you. Take care. All right, I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. Let's see. Let's see. We've got a bunch of phone calls on the line, but I'll tell you what. Jacqueline, hold on. Laura, hold on. We'll get to your calls right after these words. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. COVID's just about over, and it's time to get back out there and show your face. But what about those wrinkles that have appeared since you started wearing your mask? These two years really have aged many of us. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I creatively use Juvederm and Restylane and lasers to smooth out wrinkles, restore the beauty of your lips, and rejuvenate your aging face. And unlike dermatologists, I can dramatically improve your appearance with eyelid and facelifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation in my Somerset, New Jersey, or my soon-to-open Tribeca office. Together, we'll come up with a plan to help you look your best. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-PERRY-MD. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is uh, What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And uh, we've been doing this every Saturday evening for 17 years. And thank you so much for listening. 
And I uh, just want to remind you, you know, so many people, so many people came to New Jersey during the two years that I was out of Manhattan. And thank you for traveling. But the wait is over. We're open now on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, 73rd and Park. It's a great office. You'll see the name on the plaque outside the door. And uh, 785 Park, we're there every week. And uh, I invite all my patients to return to the New York office. And those of you who haven't seen me, give a call, 212-753-1820. We've got Jacqueline on the line. You've been hanging on for a long time. What can I do for you, Jacqueline? Good evening, Dr. Perry. I have a question not related to the eyes, but related to the thighs. Um, <laughs> okay. I've gained some weight. And uh, I've always had heavy thighs, and, of course, they've gotten a little heavier since I've gained a little extra weight. And I was wondering, um, my goal is to take off that extra weight. Uh, and I have what I guess is referred to as dimpling, but it looks to me more like rippling. And I was wondering, when you do lose those extra pounds, would that uh, appearance go away, or do you need to have a procedure where that fat is sucked out because I saw a procedure on TV uh, someone having that uh, done with that very long metal instrument that kind of sucks the fat out. It looks pretty scary. So I was wondering, um, you know, if, if that uh, appearance would go away or if you'd need to have uh, a fat-removing procedure done. Okay. First of all, Jacqueline, how old are you? 56. You're 56. How tall are you? 5'7". Five, 5'6", five, did you say? Five, yeah, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, okay, close. And, uh, and how much do you weigh? All right, here's the question. No one knows who you are. Don't worry, you're anonymous. No, no, I, I know. To be honest with you, I really haven't weighed myself, but I my guesstimate would be probably between 190 and 200 pounds. Okay. I don't look that heavy. Uh, I, you know, I carry it mostly in my hips and thighs, um, but I can tell by my clothing how many uh, clothing sizes I've gone up. So I haven't weighed myself, but I'm just, that's a guesstimate. Okay. It's probably a pretty decent guesstimate. Okay, so let's say, if you say 190 to 200, uh, my experience with me and everybody else is that it's the high end of that <laughs> when you estimate, and sometimes higher than the, the estimate. So at 5'6", your ideal weight goes up to eh, maybe about 145, 148 pounds or so. So you have about 50 extra pounds on you for, for starters. So now liposuction, that's, that's what you're talking about. That you were describing that right. metal rod. You know, I, it's a procedure that I have been doing since 1985 as a plastic surgery resident. I do a lot of liposuction. I publish a lot of papers in the field. And uh, it is a wonderful procedure. It really is. It is a, a life-changing procedure and, and a good procedure. I do it every single week. So the thing about liposuction, though, it's not a method of weight loss, and that's where people get into trouble. It is a method of body contouring when you're fairly close to your ideal weight. So, and it works best when there's discrete areas of fat that need to be suctioned off as opposed to just generally uh, being overweight. Now, for thighs, I can do liposuction of the circumferential thigh, so I can go completely around the thighs and get a volume reduction there. Other areas that we commonly do are the, the stomach, you know, the belly, uh, but usually in women that have not had pregnancies because if you've uh, overstretched the skin of your belly, it doesn't work real well because uh, what you were describing, the dimpling, you, 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 I see you avoided the term cellulite, by the way. So, <laughs> you know, cellulite is one of those nebulous concepts that every woman, unfortunately, gets, and not too many men. It's one of the things 
that's a real difference between men and women. Women get cellulite. Men tend to not get cellulite. Uh, but certainly almost every woman that's had a uh, pregnancy has some degree of cellulite, either on the buttocks, the thighs, the abdomen. And, uh, and there's no good treatment, by the way, for cellulite. And I know, I know all of you out there have uh, seen the advertisements for machines and lasers and this and that and rolling machines and radio frequency and this and that. I have been doing this a long time. I've been a board-certified plastic surgeon for 30-something years, and I've been, I go to the meetings every year, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons meetings and the Aesthetic Society meetings. I'm going to one in, in a couple more weeks. I've seen the machines come with the uh, announcement that this is the cure for cellulite, and I've seen them go two, three years later when no one buys them, and I see them advertised in our, uh, our little throwaway journals where someone says, you know, the cellulite machine... Uh, we're selling it. Cost me eighty thousand dollars. I'm selling it for ten thousand. Why are they doing it? Because they don't work, and they just don't work. All these things work short term, and I have not been convinced that there's a machine that works long term to get rid of cellulite. So it's not something we can do that way. Now the way I treat cellulite, sometimes I'll inject. I'll put a fat injection into the cellulite. Uh, sometimes it's radius, which is a wrinkle filler diluted into cellulite. And then we'll do something like Althera, or I've tried the lasers, but lasers don't work real well on the thighs because they change the color of the skin. But Althera can work a little bit. So there are some treatments that are non-surgical. Uh, when we do suction, liposuction, it tends to not change the cellulite. And I tell my patients, I neither will make it worse nor make it better with liposuction. And, uh, you know, the truth is in a few percent of people it makes it better and in a few percent of people it makes it worse. But for the most part, uh, liposuction, which is just a fat reduction, doesn't change the cellulite. Now let me go back to you for a minute, Jacqueline, mm -hmm. because you said that you're 200 pounds or 190 to 200 pounds. So I would suggest to you that this is the not easy news, and that is you would do much better... Uh, dieting, sorry to tell you this, and losing weight on your own before you considered having liposuction. Because really, you know, there's a safe amount of fat that I can suction off, and that would be, you know, certainly four or five pounds is uh, uniformly uh, uh, okay to take off, up to 10 pounds, usually okay. After 10 pounds, when we go above 10 pounds, it gets a little bit dicey because the complication rate starts going up. And there are people that will suction off a lot of weight, 15 pounds, 20 pounds, that's not a great idea. It's just not. You need to lose the weight uh, because remember what I said right at the outset of this discussion, liposuction is not a method of weight loss. It is a method of body contouring when you're close to your ideal weight. And that's how it's a, a safe procedure, a procedure that I do. I, I did one last week on a woman. I suctioned her back. I suctioned her flanks. I suctioned uh, the belly this week in someone. I suctioned the neck last week. Uh, these are safe areas. We take a little bit of fat off. It has a remarkable effect on on your body and your self-esteem and your appearance. And it's, it's a great procedure, it really, is when it's done properly. You're usually back to work in just a couple of days. So does that answer your question, Jacqueline? 
It, it does. And actually, that my, part of my plan is to get back to working out, exercising, dieting, and losing that weight, you know, the doing it the hard way by putting in the hard work. I was just wondering, once I do get down to my ideal weight that I'm comfortable with, if that appearance in the thighs would go away or not. Well, you know, it will get better. It will get better. There's certain aspects of it gets better or certain aspects get worse, I hate to say, because... Uh, when you're in your 50s, your skin doesn't have the resiliency it had when you were in your 20s and 30s. And so some of the, the uh, problems you can get when you lose weight is a little bit of sagging of the skin as opposed to new cellulite. The cellulite magnifies as you gain weight. So when you gain weight, the cellulite tends to get worse. When you lose weight, it tends to get a little bit better simply because you have less fat. So, uh, you know, uh, but the sagging tends to get worse. And then people come to me and they say, well, what about a thigh lift? A thigh lift. And I, I honestly think a thigh lift is not a great procedure. I do very few thigh lifts. And in fact, in the United States last year, there were only about 9,000 thigh lifts. That's not a lot of people. As opposed to tummy tucks, uh, you know, there were, let's see, somewhere around 150,000 or so tummy tucks. Um, something like that, eh, about 100,000 or so. So it's a lot more tummy tucks than thylus because tummy tucks are really good procedures with, with uniformly very good results as opposed to thigh lifts. The problem with a thigh lift is you trade the fat and the cellulite and things like that for a really long scar. It goes circumferentially around your thigh and then a vertical scar all the way down to your knee. So instead of not wearing shorts or a bathing suit because you don't like your thighs, now you won't wear shorts or a bathing suit because you don't like the scars and they're visible. So I just don't think it's the best procedure uh, unless you have had massive weight loss, like 100 pounds, 200 pound weight loss. And many of you might have seen me perform a body lift and a thigh lift on the Dr. Oz show a few years ago. And that was a woman who needed it and there was no other alternative. Sure, her skin was just hanging. So uh, there are instances where we do that, uh, but it's just not popular because of the trade-off of, uh, of the scar. So it's uh, liposuction leaves minimal scars, so it's nice. Uh, I do think, I do think we are pretty close to seeing technology that will tighten the skin and reduce fat non-invasively. I, I really do. I think, I think we're almost there, but I don't think we're there quite yet. Maybe. I'll, I'm going to the plastic surgery meeting next, next month in, in San Diego, and I'll tell you what the latest news is from that meeting. All right, Jacqueline? Thank you so much. I appreciate your uh, answering my questions. Okay. Thanks so much for calling. What's your wrinkle? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. We've got Laura on the line. Laura's been waiting a long time also. What can I do for you, Laura? Hi, Dr. Perry. How are you? I'm so happy you're back in Manhattan. The address again is 785 Park Avenue, and the number is 753-1820-212. Yes, you're doing a commercial for me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, fabulous. All right. Thank uh, what you, What I need to ask you was, no, what I need to ask you is about Botox. I had two injections done in... Um, in my number 11 line, and it's still there. It's just barely faded. And I also, eat, also did an a injectable, I think it was Juvederm or something, and my laugh line, and it really is not a good job. And I think one of the time it... Wait a minute, did I do it? No, you did Oh, not. my God, thank you. 
No, okay. you did not. Well, I don't want to hear. Oh, my, someone's complaining about my work. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I think <laughs> you're right, fantastic. I'm, I'm going to come to you. I don't want anyone well, else touching me because I I'm didn't see I'm breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding with you. <laughs> no, but no, because I think this was lousy because the, the um, number 11 lines, they fade a bit. Well, but please do not there. say the name of the doctor, please. I will. Uh, who I did definitely it. not. You. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, you know, there's, there's artistry to Botox. There really is. And a lot of people think, well, you can take these two hour courses. I've actually seen, you can go online and look for Botox training courses. I found one that was two hours with a snack break. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you even imagine? And then, and then I think the, the shorter the, the training course, the more magnificent the, the, the diploma is. They, they print up beautiful things and you put it on your wall and it, People think uh, that you're the world's expert because you have this giant diploma. You know, what can I say? Let the buyer beware. Uh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, this is an know. experienced plastic surgeon, I mean, plus, uh, dermatologist, but mm -hmm. I just think he just started to do Botox and, and fillers. Um, yeah. And as I said, the fillers uh, didn't work because it didn't go where it's supposed to go. It blew up my nose, really. It, it blew like, up your nose, wow. Yeah. And by the way, had, yeah, yeah. There, there are some danger areas for injecting uh, fillers. You have to be very careful if you have fillers injected into the nose uh, or between the brows. That's a forbidden zone. So those 11 lines, a lot of people ask me, why can't I just inject filler into those lines? It's a forbidden zone. There are hundreds of cases of blindness. That's right, blindness from yeah. injecting filler between the brows and the nose also. It's a dangerous area. Now, having said that, I injected filler into the nose just last week for, for someone, but I do it very carefully. I know the anatomy. I teach the anatomy, uh, you know, but I still have a healthy respect for that. So yeah, you have but to be he, very he, careful. Yeah, he didn't do it in the nose. He did it in the laugh line, but it went uh -huh. in the nose. Oh, yeah. You well, know, you so, yeah. So, uh, there is uh, artistry, a lot of artistry to these procedures with seemingly minor procedures. Uh, you know, they're not as simple as you think. That's why so many people are walking around uh, with these uh, lips that look uh, like sausages. Uh, I think it was yeah. a, uh, I saw it online this week. I put it on my Facebook page. This woman uh, looks like one of those uh, science fiction characters. Her lips look so huge. You have to be so careful. There's yeah, no artistry to this. I know, but I, I wasn't very happy at all. I mean, you know, and like I've seen him three times, and I was not very happy. And I really want to look younger because I'm in my 50s and, you know, I have a little bit of skin discoloration and stuff like that. So I, I always hear you talk about uh, mini facelift and neck lift, and I would like to get that done. All right. Well, you know, uh, it's a great procedure, and you're not, you're not too young. You're not too old for a procedure like that. You know, the facelift, different, a lot of people also think, well, can you avoid a facelift by having fillers and things like that? But, you know, facelifts treat jowls, they treat sagging skin. Sagging jowl, yes, that's yep, what I have. Sagging skin of the neck, the turkey gobbler, you know, fat in the neck, the bands in the neck. That's what a facelift really treats. And fillers treat the fine lines and particularly the lines around the mouth and the nasolabial folds like you mentioned and the marionette lines those are the the lines from the corner of the mouth to the bottom of the jaw that are particularly uh, disturbing to women and right. men but mostly women because men don't get the marionette lines the same way uh, women do we age differently that's just and a fact beards of life. cover it if you wear, wear a beard it covers that's it. right 
That's we don't, absolutely yeah. right. You get a lot of wrinkles around your uh, face. Just just grow a beard. Women can't do that. Yeah. How often should you have but, Botox, Doctor uh, Perry? Well, it 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 averages about four months. You know, the range mm -hmm. is two to six months. Six months. Everybody is different, but it averages for for. Uh, four months for Botox. So most people get it about three times a year. And if you maintain the Botox, maintain it. That means get the wrinkles before they recur. Mm -hmm. Then you get a progressive effect as you go through time with wrinkles getting better and better. Even the wrinkles that we call static wrinkles, which are not created by the muscle pull. Mm -hmm. All right, first, Yes, thank you. The first time I had Botox, I had a very terrible headache for a couple of days. You know, that happens to some people. It really does. Uh, uh, that's probably the most common side effect of Botox. It, it occurs in about 3 to 5% of people. They get headaches afterwards. So I tell people it's a good idea. Maybe take some Tylenol before you get the Botox injection, about an hour before, and that can head off the headache. No problem. Wonderful. Laura, when thanks so much for the call. When can I make an appointment to see you? You can call first thing Monday morning. Uh, Wonderful. My nurse is there. Monday morning at 9 o'clock, taking, uh, you know, sitting by the phone, wait, <laughs> waiting for <laughs> Waiting for me. Okay, thank you so <laughs> much, for Dr. Laura. Perry. All right, thank thanks you. so much, Laura. It was bye a bye. pleasure talking to you. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of the show. Harriet, hang on the line. We're going to get to your call, but we have to take a short break now. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. We'll be back after these words. What do you want from your skincare? I know what you want. You want products that actually do what they're supposed to do. And you want skincare that's simple to use. You want skincare that's non-toxic. I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I've created exactly that. Great skincare with effective ingredients, inexpensive, and easy to use. And to look great, you only need four products. I've got daytime SPF 20 skin protector. That's your foundation. I've got a moisturizer and a nighttime serum that contains vitamin C and A, fruit acid, antioxidants and skin brighteners and once you've used my clean time soap well you're never going to be able to go back to the cleansers that have been harming your skin for years i want everyone to try my products so for a limited time i'm giving wor listeners 20 percent off go to drperrys.com that's d-r-p-e-r-r-y-s.com or give us a call at 844 dr perry use the wor21 code for the discount to learn more listen every saturday evening at 6 p.m right here on W-O-R. COVID's just about over, and it's time to get back out there and show your face. But what about those wrinkles that have appeared since you started wearing your mask? These two years really have aged many of us. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and I'm here to help. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I creatively use Juvederm and Restylane and lasers to smooth out wrinkles, restore the beauty of your lips, and rejuvenate your aging face. And unlike dermatologists, I can dramatically improve your appearance with eyelid and facelifts. Let's sit down for an hour consultation in my Somerset, New Jersey, or my soon-to-open Tribeca office. Together, we'll come up with a plan to help you look your best. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-PERRY-MD. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon. We're broadcasting from the Hamptons. And uh, 
you know, the Hamptons this time of year, there's no one here. So you can get into the restaurants. You know, you can uh, go anywhere you want. Of course, uh, the weather, uh, it's not as nice as the summer, but, uh, but it's nice in the Hamptons. All right, Harriet, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Dr. Dr. Arthur Perry. Yes. Yes, Harriet. What can I do for you? I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, Yeah. Um, So today I'm interested in uh, if if you should get a preventative facelift. I'm 32. Well, preventative. Harriet. By the way, that was my mother's name, Harriet. Uh, So how old are you, Harriet? 32. No, you're not. Tell me how old you are. Come on. I'm 32. Are you 32, Harriet? All right. All right. I'll accept that. I can't. Put your face closer to the radio. Let me look. No, we can't. You know, soon we'll be able to do that. <laughs> All right. So you're 32. I'll believe that. Okay. You're 32, Harriet. Why do you want a preventive facelift at 32? So that I can look young for the rest of my life. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, now I don't know if I'm being punked here, but let's talk about facelifts. Let's t- <laughs> let <laughs> I'm sorry. You're you're funny, Harriet. Okay. So here's the deal, Harriet. At age 30, at age 30, it's all downhill from there, Harriet, because what happens is, you know, from 0 to 20, our skin builds up, it thickens, we get more and more resiliency. Uh, from 20 to 30, we kind of hold our own. But at 30, at 30, we begin to lose it. We really do. And no one wants to hear that, but right? You don't really you see the, the deep end. You got to stop this train. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Harriet, let's, let's, let's control ourselves. <laughs> all right, so what happened? You're very funny here. All right, what happens here is you lose 1% of the thickness of your skin every year from age 30 on. Uh, 1% of the collagen, that's the structural layer of the skin, 1% of the elastin, that is the, uh, the stretchy fibers of the skin, 1% of the hyaluronic acid, those are the, the, you know, that's the chemical within your skin that holds the moisture. So we lose 1% a year by the time you're in your 60s, so, you know, which most of my facelift patients in their fit, late 50s and 60s, you've lost, you know, a quarter to a third of the thickness of your skin, the resiliency of your skin, and you see all the changes of aging. So you see the wrinkles, you see the rough skin, you see the jowls and the turkey gobbler, all the things I was talking about with the last caller. So Harriet. When you see those changes, that's when you come into the plastic surgeon and you get uh, whatever it is that you need, the wrinkle filler for the uh, fine lines, the Botox for the uh, dynamic wrinkles we, t- we talked about, the facelift for the jowls and the turkey gobbler. Now, can you prevent that? No, you can prevent, prevent some of those changes of aging with Botox, as we talked about the early part of the show, but you're not going to prevent... Uh, by over tightening the face, you're not and with a facelift. You're not going to prevent those changes of aging. So you do the facelift, Harriet, when you need the facelift, not before you need it. So despite the fact that there might be some plastic surgeons out there doing facelifts on 30-year-olds, I don't think that's a great idea. We want to wait until you show the changes of aging. But there was a study about 
about four or five years ago that changed my way of thinking about facelifts because I used to put off doing facelifts on patients until there were no other alternatives. So we've used up all the, the fillers and the lasers and the Botox, and in some years I did thread lifts and things like that. And I waited until you just couldn't get anywhere anymore with those non-invasive procedures. And it turns out that was a wrong philosophy because if we do facelifts when you're younger, but not 32, Harriet, when you're younger, that means maybe in, starting in the late 40s, uh, yeah, late 40s, we get a much longer life for the facelift. They last longer. And in fact, they could last twice as long as a facelift if you, if you wait until you're in mid-50s or early 60s. You might get 15 years out of a facelift if you do it in your, let's say, mid to late 40s. Uh, before you really see those changes of aging. Some of the things we do in facelifts are permanent or should be permanent, like fat removal in the neck. That should be permanent. I don't know how your neck looks, but if you've had liposuction or something like that, you we remove the fat cells. And with every facelift, I do liposuction. So I remove the fat cells in the face. So that usually doesn't come back. Unless, Harriet, unless, and listen carefully, Unless, let's say, you uh, exceed your caloric requirements by 100% every day for about six months, then maybe those fat cells can come back. So easy on the pizza, Harriet, okay? okay. <laughs> Did I lose book you? Me for March, book me for March 2032. <laughs> let's hope I'm still out there doing faceless. <laughs> but Thank you. That's, that's, I, I, I'm not sure if I was punked here, but uh, thank you for the call, Harriet. It was a pleasure speaking with you. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon. What, what did you say? What do you mean punked? Did I? What's punked? wrong? Well, that's just... <laughs> All right. Let Noah... Uh, Noah's a great screener, but every now and then, uh, I don't think you're 32, Harry, but we'll, we'll let it, uh, we'll let it go. All right. <laughs> I'm board certified Dr. Arthur, board, I can't even talk anymore. Board certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry, host of the show, 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710 here at WOR. So how about rejuvenating the upper lift? We've got just a couple minutes left of the show. Maybe we can talk about lift, lip, lip lifts. That's a, uh, Harriet got me, uh, you know, stuttering here. The lip lift, well, that's a, a relatively new procedure. So I've talked in this show uh, in the past about rejuvenating the lifts, the lips with, uh, with filler, with things like hyaluronic acid, the Restylane Kiss, that's one of the great new uh, fillers. And I use Restylane Refine in the lip and Juvederm Volbella. Lots of different fillers can be uh, placed into the lips. And the way I rejuvenate the lips is I restore the volume of the lip. That's important because it goes away just like the thickness of your skin goes away. Uh, the volume of your, of your lips go away as you get older. And I have seen people in their 30s who have lost volume in their lips. I don't know if it's uh, like Harriet maybe talking a lot, but, uh, but uh, certainly the lips can lose volume, and we restore that volume with hyaluronic acid. And I do it very artistically and very creatively. I restore the volume of the lip, the border of the lip, which is called the vermilion border, the filtral ridges. A lot of uh, my patients like to quote me on those uh, terms that I teach you on this show. The filtral ridges go away. And when we, return, when we restore those ridges and we restore 
restore the volume of the lip, we actually can make the lip look a little shorter. But the truth is, in some people, you really do get a really long lip, and we do this new procedure. It's a lip, uh, lip lift, and I make an incision between the nose, right at the border of the bottom of the nose, across the nose, and kind of into the nose a little bit, and I remove about five millimeters of lip skin. Now, I'm just getting into the topic. I think next week we'll talk a little bit more about lip lifts because it is a, an involved topic, but it is successful in the long term. There was just a study published that showed that five millimeters that we remove, we maintain that for, eh, for about five years. After five years, you'll lose about two of those millimeters, but you retain about two to three of those millimeters. So the lip does shorten. The uh, teeth are more exposed. The smile looks more youthful. That's a lip lift, and we're doing those. Those are done under local anesthesia. We don't have to go to the hospital for that. All right, I'm board certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Ray. It was a fun show today. A lot of good calls and a great interview with Dr. Lawrence Nigerian. And uh, I want to thank you uh, for listening and for going to my website, which is periplasticsurgery.com. If you want to order products, you go to drperrys.com, D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com. And uh, the phone number, 212-753-1820 in Manhattan. We're back. And in New Jersey, yeah, we're still in New Jersey. We're in Central Jersey in Somerset County, 732-422-9600. Thanks so much for great engineering, Noah. It's always a pleasure. And thanks, Harriet. You made me laugh. Thanks so much. All right. We'll see everybody next week. So stay tuned. Be safe. Bye-bye now.